0: Is real. There's power in your name, we find hope, and trust in your ways. We need to Jesus is
1: real. We live in a day and age where guys don't want to wait for girls. And girls think that there's something wrong with them if a guy wants to wait for them. But true love waits. It waits. It's so for Jesus. It should be so for us. You ladies out there, I'll never stop harping on this. Respect yourself enough to see yourself the way God sees you. And you wait. And if a man won't wait for you, then he's not good enough for you.
0: There was a song in the 1970s called The Things We Do for Love, which talked about all of the strange things people do or put up with because they're in love. Pastor Daniel is going to teach about a similar instance today. You're going to hear about Jacob, who fell insanely in love with Rachel. You'll also learn about Rachel's father, Laban, who's going to school Jacob, the deceiver, on what masterful deceitfulness really looks like. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Genesis chapter 29, as he begins his message, Jacob, Rachel, and Leah.
1: Open up in your Bibles, Genesis chapter 29, as we continue our study through the book of Genesis, Lord willing, and if he tarries, we'll make it through the whole book. It might take us some time, but we'll get there. Genesis chapter 29. Remember what happened. Jacob was fleeing from the wrath of his brother Esau. He had played the scoundrel many times. His mother sent him away freely for two reasons. One, you need to go because your brother Esau is comforting himself by planning to kill you once your father Isaac dies. So we want to save your life. And two, we don't want you to marry one of the Canaanite women. They wanted Jacob, who was chosen by God, who was given the blessing of his father to have an appropriate bride. And so he heads on out. Remember, when we studied this, that he ended up in this place called Bethel in the middle of the wilderness, all by himself, with his head not resting on a nice tempur pillow. Ergonomically correct for maximum spinal comfort or anything like that He had his head on a rock pillow in the middle of nowhere And he receives this revelation that we call Jacob's ladder And Jacob responded to that and I made the point, and I'll always make this point and As we talk and as life happens for all of us I pray that we would exhort one another with the reality that We grow the most on the cloudy days, on the hard days The revelation of God almost never happens in easy times. I wish it was that way. I mean, don't we all wish it was that way? That we could learn the lessons when everything was easy, but the really deep heart lessons that we all learn normally happen when things are just really rough and hard. And it was when Jacob was all alone, fleeing for his life, not knowing exactly what was going to happen that the Lord reveals himself to him in a powerful way. So we pick up in chapter 29 in verse 1. Look at what it says. It says, So Jacob went on his journey and came to the land of the people of the east. And he looked and he saw a well in the field. And behold, there were three flocks of sheep lying by it. For out of that well they watered the flocks. A large stone was on the well's mouth. Now all the flocks would be gathered there. And they would roll the stone from the well's mouth, water the sheep, And put the stone back in its place on the well's mouth. And Jacob said to them, my brethren, where are you from? And they said, we are from Haran. In verse 5, then he said to them, do you know Laban, the son of Nahor? And they said, we know him. And he said to them, is he well? And they said, he is well. And look, his daughter Rachel is coming with the sheep. And he said, look, it is still high day. It is not time for the cattle to be gathered together. Water the sheep and go and feed them. And they said, we cannot until all the flocks are gathered together. And they have rolled the stone from the well's mouth. Then we water the sheep. So Jacob goes on his journey. He shows up in the land and in the area around Haran, which is where his mother's brother Laban lived. He shows up there. He sees a well. He sees the sheep gathered. And no doubt there's some shepherds who were there. And he shows up and he says, hey, you know, where are you guys from? Hey, we're from Haran. Hey, do you know Laban? Yeah, hey, we know him. Is he well? Yeah, he's well. And his daughter's coming right now. Kind of cool, right? You see where the story's going already. There's no like cool, suspenseful twist at the end of this. It's like this thing is just rolling in that direction. They're coming out, and he says, look, it's high day. The sun is at the peak, and, and we all know what it's like, right? It's the hottest around here at about 3, 4 in the afternoon, right? Now, if you were a shepherd, I know all of you keep sheep. You don't want to do the hardest part of your job when it's the hottest outside, right? So if you have a lot of yard work to do, and you know it's going to be a hot day, you do it in the morning. That's just wisdom, right? And so, but he notices, there they are around the well. He notices that now Laban's daughter is coming, and he's like, hey, um, isn't someone going to water these sheep? And he said, no, no, no. We'll wait till everyone gets here, and then we'll do all the work at one time. Now, in verse 9, we pick up the story a little bit more. Now, while he was still speaking with him, Rachel came with her father's sheep, For she was a shepherdess. And it came to pass when Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother. This is in verse 10. That Jacob went near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. Then Jacob kissed Rachel and lifted up his voice and wept. And Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's relative and that he was Rebecca's son. So she ran and told her father. Now, you got to like Jacob here. You guys, check this out. Rachel shows up. Jacob puts his best foot forward. He serves her. He gets busy taking that stone off the well. He starts watering the sheep for her. And then notice in verse 11, and now this is where you don't want to follow Jacob's example anymore, because in verse 11 it says, he kissed her, and then he lifted up his voice and wept. Guys, take note. I'm, it's, it's here for a reason. This is not exactly the best way to impress a gal. First, not just by when you first meet her kissing her. That never works. And for the girl that it does work for, it's probably not the right girl. And after you get your first kiss, you don't want to start crying like a baby either. <laughs> okay. Just getting that out of the way, making sure that we're all on the same page here. But you see what see He got sent away from his family to go to his mother's family to go find a bride. He shows up at a well and he meets his mom's brother's daughter. And he's excited. And he explains to her, he kisses her, he starts crying, she's probably thinking, this guy's out of his mind. And then it says, Jacob told Rachel in verse 12 that he was her father's relative and Rebecca's son, and what she does she do? she runs away and tells her dad. Great gals, man, you can't beat this stuff. You meet some guy who kisses you and starts to cry, you run and tell your dad. You didn't realize that this chapter was all about dating, but I'm being serious here. (laughs) I'm kind of being serious. But she runs away. Smart girl. We like her already. Verse 13. It says, then it came to pass when Laban heard the report about Jacob, his sister's son, that he ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his house. And he told Laban all these things. And Laban said to him, surely you are my bone and my flesh. So he stayed with him for a month. Laban hears about it, and Laban runs to meet him. And now Laban and him embrace and kiss. Now, it's unfortunate, but we live in a day and age where this was a very familial type of male kissing, not some other type. Because it's amazing, I read a commentary where someone was trying to say that this was some sort of a homosexual thing. And I was thinking, only in the 21st century in the West can you find this stuff. But they embrace Laban gives him the customary kiss. You got to remember, in your Bible, it says, "Greet one another with a what? A holy kiss, not a holy handshake, not a holy side hug, a holy kiss." I don't know why we don't do that anymore. But what we'll do is, you know, if you want after in the family room, we'll just love on each other in Jesus' name, (laughs) cheek to cheek, or we can do it European style, like left and then right, or right and then left, depending on how you like. Anyway, verse fifteen. Hey, I didn't write this stuff. I'm just being honest here. This is one of those days. Wait till you see where this ends up. Okay, look what happens. Verse 15. Then Laban said to Jacob, because you are my relative, should you therefore serve me for nothing? Tell me, what should your wages be? Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah's eyes were delicate, but Rachel was beautiful of form and appearance. Now, Jacob loved Rachel, so he said, I will serve you seven years for Rachel, your younger daughter. And Laban said, it is better that I give her to you than I should give her to another man. Stay with me. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed only a few days to him because of the love that he had for her. So Jacob is staying with Laban. And Jacob's not trying just to be a couch surfer, just, you know, be the guy who's on the couch, who does nothing, just stinks up the place, eats up all the food, but he had a work ethic. And so he's like, listen, I'm gonna, he starts serving, working for Laban. He's got he's He's a man of industry in his heart. And so Laban says, listen, you know, I don't want you to work for nothing. He realized that a workman is worthy of his hire. Don't want to slave you for no reason. So what shall your wages be? And then we find out in verse 16, Laban has two daughters. The elder daughter's name is Leah, and the younger daughter's name is Rachel. Now, Leah, unfortunately, her name means cow. I didn't make that up either. That's actually what it means. And we're hoping that it wasn't a meaningful name in that way. And it said Rachel's name literally means a ewe or like a little lamb. That's what it means. And we find out that the elder daughter Leah, it says her eyes were delicate. Now, some of your translation says her eyes were weak. And scholars go all over the place with exactly what it means. Does it mean that her eyes were. There was a softness in her eyes, or did it mean that there was some sort of a deficiency in her eyes? And scholars are torn as to exactly what it means. So rather than try and tell you that it means one or the other, we're just going to leave it with that. That the focus is on Leah's eyes, but for the younger sister Rachel, she was beautiful in form and appearance. So there's something significant about Leah's eyes. There's something significant about the whole look of Rachel and Jacob fell in love with Rachel. That's what it says here. Two daughters, Jacob falls in love with Rachel. And it says in verse 18, I will serve you seven years for Rachel, your younger daughter. And in that culture, seven years labor for a man's daughter was a really good deal. That wasn't common. So really what Jacob was doing is Jacob really wanted to marry Rachel very much. And so he's like, look, I don't even want this to get turned down. So I'm going to go all out. I'm going to go the extra mile. you got to love Laban's response in verse 19. Not exactly a vote of confidence. It is better that I give her to you than I should give her to another man. Kind of being like, well, you're better than most other guys. So, okay. Now. Dads, not good enough for your daughters, okay? You don't want a guy who's just good enough, right? I have a little daughter, and she's going to marry Jesus, and that's about it. (laughs) Because she's my daughter. You know, I don't want any old guy for my girl. It's important for us because I think in the raising of our daughters— The dads really set the bar for this is the kind of guy you want. This is the kind of man you should be looking for. And I pray for us as men that we live our lives saying, I want to be the kind of man that I want my niece to marry. That's a good bar to set. A godly man, a man of honor. We don't just want good enough guys for our daughters. Now, But you got to love Jacob, because in verse 20, it tells us this. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed only a few days to him because of the love that he had for her. I love this verse. It makes me think of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4, which says that love suffers long. See, a godly man will wait for his girl. See, we live in a day and age. I mean, it's amazing. I remember when I first got married and my wife and I grew up very differently. And I remember we were watching a movie and it was one of those movies where you see a couple and a man and a woman meet, you know, and there's obvious chemistry and then the scene cuts and then you see them waking up together the next morning. And I remember my wife, first time we watched a, a chick flick together, you know, when this scene happened, she looks she's like, does this mean that they slept together? And I'm like, I love this woman. She's so great. You know what I mean? Like, because she was raised well, you know? And we live in a day and age where guys don't want to wait for girls. And girls think that there's something wrong with them if a guy wants to wait for them. But true love waits. It waits. It's so for Jesus. It should be so for us. You ladies out there, I'll never stop harping on this. Respect yourself enough To see yourself the way God sees you. And you wait. And if a man won't wait for you, then he's not good enough for you. He's not good enough for you. And again, we have a long-standing policy here at Crossroads. If a guy tries, you poke him hard in the eye. We got our ushers on high alert. Guys coming in here with red eyes get pulled aside. We give them a talking to We're having no red-eyed guys in here. I'm serious. True love waits. See, Jacob's heart here is good. He's like, man, I'll serve for seven years. It's like a few days because I can't wait. I'm excited to marry this woman. Seven years work, it's like nothing. It's nothing because I can't wait to marry this girl. Awesome, right? That's a great picture. Jacob's really shining here. He's really shining here. Now in verse 21, Then Jacob said to Laban, give me my wife, for my days are fulfilled, that I may go into her. Now, that means exactly what it sounds like. After seven years, Jacob's like, okay, let's get this thing going on. Let's get married. Let's do this. In verse 22, and Laban gathered together... All the men of the place and made a feast. And now it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah, his daughter, and brought her to Jacob. And he went into her and Laban gave his maid Zilpah to his daughter Leah as a maid. So it came to pass in the morning that, behold, it was Leah. And he said to Laban, what is this that you have done to me? Was it not for Rachel that I served you? Why then have you deceived me? Oh, this is a mess, right? Think about what's going on it's time seven years are done it's time for Jacob to be married he calls all the men of the place together he throws a feast but yet he prepares Leah for the wedding day Jacob thinks he's marrying Rachel but he ends up marrying Leah instead now you might say to yourself well why is that possible? because in that culture women wore full veils women who get married have a veil but you ever notice that at every wedding the veil gets pulled back why do you think that is? I'm not kidding. That's where it comes from. People read the Bible and they said, I am going to make sure that I am marrying the woman I want to marry. That's really where it comes from. People don't realize it. They honor the folly of Jacob with Laban every time a wedding ceremony, because they take that veil. And before you say that this is the woman I'm going to marry, they pull that veil back. So you know who you're marrying. But in that culture, they actually valued celebration, and so there was a lot of alcohol involved. We see Jesus in John chapter 2 turning water into wine. Very festive culture. Now, we can discuss whether or not that's godly or not, but in 21st century America, especially in evangelicalism, lots of people are like, hey, alcohol's from the devil. But Jesus drank it, so they have to deal with the scriptures on that. I realize we live in a culture where it's abused by people. People should stay away from it. We did talk about this recently. But the reality is, is that Jacob didn't realize that he was being duped. So he marries her, goes into the the wedding chamber. He consummates the marriage. He wakes up in the morning and he says, oh my goodness, I married Leah. Now, what's interesting is he says to Laban, what is this that you have done to me? And it's so interesting that Laban says to Jacob, What Jacob has heard a number of times now, because he deceived his father to receive Esau's blessing. What have you done? What have you done to me? And in the end of the day, what a man sows, that he will also reap. What goes around, comes around. Jacob's getting what he put out there already. Now, obviously, like in all things, God finds a way to work this together for good, and we're going to see how, but this is a total mess. It's a total mess. What have you done? Why have you done this to me? And then look what it says in verse 26. And Laban said, it must not be so in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. Fulfill her week and we will give you this one also for the service which you will serve with me. Still another seven years. Then Jacob did so and fulfilled her week So he gave him his daughter Rachel as wife also, and Laban gave his maid Bilhah to his daughter Rachel as a maid. Then Jacob also went into Rachel, and he also loved Rachel more than Leah, and he served with Laban still another seven years. Jacob is like, Laban, what have you done? And Laban says, listen, in our culture, it's not right for the younger to be married before the older, so here's what we'll do. You married my older daughter. You fulfill her week, which speaks of the wedding week. See, they had week-long weddings in that culture. That kind of sounds fun. The whole community came. He says, once the wedding week is done, then I'll give you Rachel to be your wife as well. And then you'll work for me another seven years. So what Laban does in effect is he gets both daughters married off and he gets 14 years worth of free labor. That's what He did. So sure enough, it says that Jacob fulfilled the week, he married Rachel, he consummated that marriage, and now he works another seven years. Now if you notice, and I skipped over this on purpose, in verse 24, when Jacob married Leah, Laban gave his maid Zilpah to Leah as her maid. And then we also find out that in verse 29, that Laban gave his maid Bilhah to Rachel as her maid. That's going to be important for where we're going to go right next. Now, people here right now, if you're reading the Bible ever, you read this stuff and you say to yourself, what is up with this polygamy? I mean, Laban literally just gave both his daughters to be married to the same man. Now, I always like to tell people that in the Bible, just like on your news program, narrative is not normative. What that means is when the news program tells you that somebody went into a movie theater and shot bullets everywhere and killed people, that doesn't mean that they condone the action. They're just reporting the facts. So in the Bible, when you see these things, just because it's being reported doesn't mean that God is putting his stamp of approval on these things. And if you think about it, if you study Near Eastern history at all, what you find is the two most common customary family things in Near Eastern culture was the primacy of the firstborn, the firstborn becomes the next patriarch of the family, and polygamy, where men would marry multiple wives. And if you read the book of Genesis, you realize very quickly that God undercuts the primacy of the firstborn because over and over again you get the secondborn getting the blessing and every time polygamy is described it's always negative
0: so Jacob escapes Esau's anger and death threats and goes to stay with his uncle Laban who is a master manipulator but Laban has a daughter whom Jacob falls in love with and Jacob will do whatever it takes to marry her Today, Pastor Daniel showed how the trickster got tricked into marrying his love's sister. And for the love that Jacob had for Rachel, he was willing to pay with the sweat of
1: his brow twice the agreed upon price in work. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. I realize that there are many of you, you're not a born again follower of Jesus. You've never put your faith and trust in Jesus. But as you've been listening, you've been saying to yourself, I wanna begin to follow Jesus. I wanna help you do that right now. We're gonna pray a simple prayer that just acknowledges who Jesus is in your life. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I'm giving you my life. Thank you for saving me. I believe in you, your life, your death on the cross, and your resurrection. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I ask it in Jesus' name, amen. For those of you who just received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I'm so excited for you. I wanna help you take your next steps with him. So pull out your mobile phone, text the word SAVED to 51400, S-A-V-E-D to 51400, and my team will get in touch with you. We want to get some more resources in your hands
0: to help you on this journey. Next time on Jesus is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will continue with the story of Jacob, Rachel, and Leah. You are going to hear about the way married life was conducted back in those days, which will seem pretty strange to us. Pastor Daniel is going to talk about the difference between how God wants things done and how the world wants to do things. You're going to be shown how God blessed them even though they didn't live perfectly. You've been listening to Jesus is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through this series called Patriarchs next time. Until then, may God bless.